0: The Matrix Resurrections is available to watch now. And if you don't agree with my opinion, don't mess with me because I know Kung Fu. I actually don't know Kung Fu. Please don't hurt me. Hello everybody and welcome to my review of The Matrix Resurrections, which is in theaters now domestically and also available streaming on HBO Max. The movie is directed by Lana Wachowski without her sister Lily, with whom she directed the first three Matrix films. Wachowski also co-wrote the screenplay. This is usually where I jump into the plot of the movie or at least a summary of it, but to be honest, this movie kind of defies description because The Matrix Resurrections is a lot of different things. One part meta commentary on the Matrix franchise itself, one part reboot introducing newer versions of franchise characters, one part sequel attempting to continue a story that pretty definitively came to a close at the end of the last Matrix film, The Matrix Revolutions. It's a lot of different things which can work for a film. I just don't think it works for this film. I'm not really sure when it was decided that in order for Matrix films to matter or, or feel important that they had to be needlessly convoluted. And, and don't get me wrong, I don't mind convoluted. Needlessly convoluted, however, is another story altogether. I feel like the Wachowskis heard about how much people thought the first Matrix was a mind blower, and so with the sequels decided that they had to add all of these different layers in order to top themselves, when really, the plot of the Matrix was pretty straightforward. People are plugged into machines, Neo can free them from the machines, Neo fights the machines. It's not really that complicated. Back in 1999, the Matrix was marketed really brilliantly with the question, what is the Matrix? And it was answered equally brilliantly in the movie. I think that's why that first Matrix movie hit with so many people. The problem is that we are now on our third consecutive sequel where the franchise is still trying to answer that original question that's already been answered pretty satisfactorily over 20 years ago about an hour or so into this Matrix film, I was still kind of trying to figure out what exactly they were getting at, because it starts off fairly intriguing, it's got this kind of a meta feel, you're referencing the actual first Matrix, and there's a way of them saying that the movies existed inside of the world that we're seeing, so we can actually see clips of the first Matrix movies, and so you're looking kind of self-reflexively at the first films, and then there's this question of what's real, what's not real, Thomas Anderson, slash Neo has a very integral part in the making of all of this. And it really does pose some very intriguing possibilities. If they had stuck with that angle, it may not have been a popular creative decision, but it would have been a pretty bold creative decision. But all of that interesting stuff is really kind of just set up so that we can get to more familiar territory with a lot of familiar names, a lot of familiar faces, a lot of familiar visuals, and a lot of sequences that are basically just restagings or a redo of things that we've already seen in the first three Matrix movies, particularly in the first Matrix film. And it all leads up to an action climax that, while it does have some action, is light on the kind of action that I think a lot of Matrix fans fell in love with when they started watching these movies. And that's the part that really surprised me, because you have a star coming back in Keanu Reeves. It's not like he's been Off the screen for any number of decades and doesn't have it anymore. I mean the guy is still making John Wick movies and kicking a lot of ass in those movies and you would think that you could figure out a way to do a lot of that stuff. You have these little bursts here and there of the Neo that we know but most of the Neo action in this movie is just him putting his hands out like Magneto and then allowing the computer to send objects streaming around him. It's cool the first time you see it just like it was cool in The Matrix Reloaded the first time he put his hand up and stop the bullets but at a certain point it just seems like a shortcut and it kind of surprised me because we know that Reeves is capable of these action scenes and it just seemed like a way to get out of doing a complicated fight sequence. I don't think that budget was a reason here. I'm not really sure what the motivation is but it was a letdown on that front for me because the technology as great as it was in 1999 and then into the early 2000s with the Matrix films is even better now by leaps and bounds and I was hoping that we could upgrade Instead, it's pretty similar to what we've already seen in the Matrix movies without a lot of advancement. That's not to say that the movie is without great visuals and great action. It is. It's just that most of that is given over to new characters that we're just now meeting. Which really begs the question, if you're going to give the cool parts of the movie to the new characters why not just reboot the franchise altogether? Of all of the franchise that you could do it, The Matrix is the easiest to really just say, hey, we're pressing the reset button and starting over with a new group of characters. It seems like this movie is kind of in a no man's land where it wants to introduce new characters that we like, but at the same time, it wants to cling to these older characters and yet not really give them a whole lot meaningful to do carrie Ann Moss also returns as Neo's own Chosen One, Trinity, and this is another character that the movie burns a lot of screen time trying to figure out what to do with. And as we build to the end, there's an evolution to her character, which I think is pretty cool, but it is so drastic and crammed so far to the end of the movie that you can barely register what's happening before the credits start to roll. It's pushed so late into the movie that it kind of feels like a slight, almost like an afterthought, and it begs the question again of why aren't you giving these characters more room to breathe? The movie's a bit of a paradox in that it's two and a half hours long, but at some times it drags, and at other times it crams so much into a short amount of space that you wish you had more time with some of the more interesting parts of what they're doing with these different characters. Part of it, I think, is that this movie is a tonal mess. The first section of it is almost a satire fire you could say one step away from a spoof of the franchise itself I mean Warner Brothers is specifically name dropped at the beginning of this film and there's almost this thing about sequels and why you do sequels and being forced into doing sequels which I don't necessarily think was the point here I don't think that was the real life story there's almost like a snarky tone to it like they want to turn the idea of a Matrix sequel on its head that extends to the end credits there is a tag at the end of the credits FYI but that tag could very well have been at the end of a comedy film and not exactly the film that we watch because it's attached to the first part of this film so you start off on that foot and again if you want to go that direction that's fine but then they sort of abandon that Then, as I mentioned, we go onto parts that are kind of a redo and a reset up of things that we've already seen in other Matrix movies. And I was along for the ride, I tried to stay on board, and I wanted to go with the momentum of this film, but every time it seemed like they did pick up momentum, it was time to stop down for 10 minutes to explain why we're picking up momentum, how we're picking up momentum, what is the meaning of momentum, Where did momentum come from? And then we go on from there and we kind of ramp up again and then we stop again and talk. It's kind of the worst instincts that we had from these sequels. Sometimes you can just let a movie be and you don't have to sit and explain every single thing or do these big revelations in these 10-minute or 5-minute long dialogue scenes. And I think that's also part of it. You have the mixture of tones, which can work if they're blended correctly, but I don't think that they are, particularly in this film. You have this very inconsistent tempo and pacing, which again can work if you're able to blend them well, but I don't think that they do in this movie, and it, it makes the movie feel just very herky-jerky. There's not really a whole lot that I can fault with the performances in the film. In addition to Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss returning, Yahya Abdul-Mateen 2nd co-stars as what seems to be a younger version of Morpheus, Jonathan Groff plays Neo's boss, who also shares certain similarities with a black-suited agent from Neo's past, Jessica Henwick plays the most compelling of the newcomers as Bugs, who attempts to convince Neo to exit the Matrix once again, and Neil Patrick Harris plays Neo's analyst, whose sole motivation appears to be dispelling the delusions that his client is experiencing. There are also a couple of familiar returning faces who I won't spoil here, or actually maybe not so familiar because their appearances are definitely altered drastically, and some all-too-brief appearances from actors like Christina Ricci and Priyanka Chopra Jonas. I didn't hate this movie. I'd say that I liked it a little bit less than I liked The Matrix Reloaded and a little bit more than I liked The Matrix Revolutions, which I don't really care for at all, but I don't think that any of these movies still can hold a candle to that original Matrix film. More than anything else, this movie kind of confused me, and not in the sense of I didn't quite get the plot, although there were times where I didn't quite get the plot, but more in the sense of what they were really trying to get at. What's Lana Wachowski trying to say with this movie? The other Matrix films, even the sequels, convoluted plot-wise as they may have been, were still fairly straightforward about what they were trying to say. Here we have the meta element combined with the sequel element, combined with the reboot element, and none of it really meshes together into one coherent whole. It's really hard to buy this movie as a critique of the Matrix franchise when it's also trying so hard to be a part of it. You can't make a joke about diminishing returns while also putting on display those same diminishing returns. Most of all, I think this movie just represents a missed opportunity. It's entertaining enough, it's interesting enough, but as for what the point was, other than a very haphazardly thrown-together happy ending for some of our characters, I don't really know why it was compelling to make this movie in the first place place. It reads as neither commentary nor meaningful addition, which really leaves it as just sort of an oddity. And I'm sure that there are a lot of fans who will enjoy the return to this world and will enjoy seeing Neo and Trinity and some of these characters and some of these faces and this fighting style, the cinematography, etc. again. But unfortunately, I wasn't one of them. And if anything, opposite to what I had hoped, which was that I wanted to jump back into the Matrix, this movie just proved that it's time for me to unplug once and for all. So those are my thoughts on The Matrix Resurrections. Not a terrible movie, but not one that I particularly enjoyed either. You can catch it in theaters and also on HBO Max right now if you're in the U.S. You can also check release dates and streaming options internationally. What did you think? Did you see The Matrix? Was it a welcome return to that world? Let me know down in the comments below. And as always, thank you so much for watching. If you want to see even more of what I'm up to, you can check me out on Patreon at patreon.com slash Merle. And if you like watching me on YouTube but you would like to take me a little bit more on the go, you can check out the Dan Murrell podcast channel. You're going to get audio versions of everything that I do here on YouTube, as well as audio exclusives. All those links are down in the description below. I will be back soon with even more reviews as we get toward the end of the year. I'm also formulating my best and worst list of 2021. Lots of great nominees on both sides. Thanks so much for watching. Stay safe out there and I'll see you next time.